Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Pastor Tim, Pastor Jim, 200%, hey, stay standing, Isaiah chapter 30, we're going to get in the word. That, that percentage again? 200, it's actually 247% to be exact, so I just like saying 250, you know how it is. 200, so we would increase the budget of what we're operating with already. Our current budget, we would current bust budget, it by 250%. Which means then, so then if we're operating in obedience and we're moving forward in obedience, that when the right move comes, yeah. we will have the resources to step in. How many know God operates with obedience? Amen. He, he, he sets Amen. things in order. Yeah, hey, thanks, Pastor Tim. I, hey, keep standing. We're going to take a look at Isaiah. You already, I'm not going to have you sit down and stand back up. So uh, we're going to stand for the word. And um, um, we have an audacious goal here at Faith Assembly, and that's to rival the welfare system. Like, who ever heard of that? Because uh, we believe there's a kingdom that has provision that no system can create or sustain. That a, a system that entitles and enslaves... I'm not, infl- I'm, if, if, I'm, not, I'm not here to offend anybody. I'm just telling you, God doesn't want you to live in poverty. He wants you to live in his abundance. Don't settle for man's best when God says he's the God of more than enough because God's favor on your life cannot compete to the best that anyone can ever give. The, the favor and the goodness of God. And, uh, man, I just, I just believe that God is going to use the church, not just Faith Assembly, but the church of Fayette County to see a move of God that would not just strike excitement in the building, but would transform a community, a county, and a city to the glory of God. Anybody believe that this morning? Anybody got faith to believe that God's going to do something significant? So here's what I want to talk about today. We're in this series called uh, Set in His Ways. And what is the mindset of a fully devoted follower of Jesus? And so I want to look today because we can have the excitement of believing God to do things. But how many have ever had moments where doubt creeps in? And I want to talk today about living or moving beyond all doubt. How do we get beyond doubt when we're in moments that we're we're in? Isaiah chapter 30 um, is a uh, a scripture I want to look at today. And um, here the prophet is giving words of uh, warning, actually, to the people of Judah. Uh, Now Israel has been divided by the king. There are two kingdoms now. You've got uh, Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And uh, Israel has been attacked by Assyria and already uh, taken over by Assyria. Now Assyria from the north is threatening Judah. And Judah is now in the place of, oh God, oh God. And here's how they respond. And uh, I want to just, uh, I believe, just share a word of encouragement to us today. Here's what he says, verse 15 of Isaiah 30. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me, and resting in me will you be saved. Somebody say only. It's pretty exclusive. It's, it's restrictive. It's only. There, there's not uh, options here. He says only in me will you find, or only in returning to me, and uh, resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. I hate this line. But you would have none of it. Quiet and confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. You said, no, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle because they knew that Egypt was a threat to Assyria. So 
Egypt had some victory with Assyria, so they thought, hey, Egypt had some victory with Assyria, so instead of looking to God, we'll look to Egypt. How many know our ways can sometimes get in the way of what God wants to accomplish? They said no. We will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. But the only swiftness you are going to see is the swiftness of your enemy chasing after you. Basically, he says the horses that you're going to get from Egypt, the only thing they're going to do is what you're going to ride in in retreat and in fleeing and running away. The, The only swiftness they're going to give you is in a running from. He goes on, he says, the swiftness of your enemies will be chasing you. One of them will chase a thousand of you. Five of them will make all of you flee. You will be left like a lonely flagpole on a hill. Sounds so sad. A lonely flagpole on a hill or a tattered banner on a distant mountaintop. I want to talk today beyond all doubt. The enemy wants to put doubt in our mind, and the doubt keeps us running from circumstance when God wants faith to rise up in us and we can run into what God, the purpose that God has for us. So, Father, I pray today, give us the ability to live beyond all doubt. Give us grace, understanding. I pray your spirit to speak to our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, would you say amen? amen. Beyond all doubt, on your way to being seated, high-five your neighbor and tell him, get over it. Love my mother-in-law. Uh, she went home to be with Jesus uh, uh, May of this year, and um, those were her words of wisdom. Get over it. Uh, not sure it always helps in every season and every moment. Um, but how do we get beyond all doubt? I, I want to talk today about the doubt that creeps in and how to live beyond all doubt. We're looking at having a mindset that is fully devoted, or uh, what is a mindset of a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? There, uh, our way out is that we ought to be people who are peculiar, not just weird in that we're, we're, we're weird and crazy, but that it's weird because it's different than the way the world does stuff. Uh, I made a, a statement in that that you know, I grew up in a church that sometimes we, we use peculiar people as our excuse to just go bonzo, like, ah, we're peculiar people. Well, no, peculiar, yeah, we're different, but we're not just weird, we're different. The weirdness is because we're different. The way the world does things is just different the way we do things. We, we honor the things of God. We honor the, the word of God. Like giving God 10%. How many know that's weird? It's weird if you stop and think about it. Now, by the way, today is not a money talk, okay? So some of you are like, oh my goodness, we gotta clinch, we gotta hold on tight. We're not after your money, my goodness. God has more than enough. We are debt-free. We are in the grace and the favor of God. We don't need your money. God's inviting us as a people to be a part of something significant in Fayette County. That's what it is. Um, we're not people of need. Uh, our only need is that we have a need for him, and my God shall supply all my needs. And uh, he is the one who provides. But there's this whole thing. Listen, in a culture, it's weird. If you give away 10%, God says you honor me with 10, and I'll bless the 90 to make the 90 do even more than 100 could have done. That's weird. That's peculiar, but it's a different way because how many know we are not of a kingdom of this world? We have a different economy. We're in a different kingdom. We're, we're, there's the, the direction, the favor, the, the blessing of God. I, I want to talk today about the beyond all doubt that we would 
be able to be in a place of contentment. Here is doubt. It is an inevitable part of our life. It's not just a a symptom of the unbeliever, but it's also a symptom of the believer. For the unbeliever, doubt is this resistance to the things of God. It's not believing the things of God. But in a believer's life, it's more than just not believing. In a believer's life, it's a waffling or a wavering. It's, It's standing at a crossroads. And having two options or standing at a place with with having options in front of us and we're wavering between decisions. Each of us have probably found ourselves in a in a place of wavering between decisions. You know what it's like. We we, we have this desire to see God do a great thing in Fayette County. It's a desire to see the kingdom of God advance, that Jesus be glorified. People who are away from Jesus to have a relationship with Jesus, people who are broken to be made whole and restore, people who are drug addicts to be set free by the power of Jesus Christ, homes that are broken and dysfunctional, made to order and restored, people in poverty living in the abundance of God's provision and his blessing, that God would take people who just had religion and break a spirit of religion and give them a hope and a freedom to know Jesus in his glory and his fullness. How many believe that's what the gospel came to do? Anybody been affected by the gospel? For the power, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. The power of the gospel that that transforms and moves us. But there are moments when we can believe God for great things and then we walk through places and you can have a high moment and then leave and then in, in hours sometimes, sometimes minutes, sometimes it's days, but then you can have the moment where you feel like, ah, oh, I believe God could do it and now I'm not so sure. Anybody ever been there? Like you had the hope in the moment, and then it's the, wait a minute, I don't know if this is going to work. This is the place I find myself. I find myself going into the mode of trying to find options. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to believe God to do something, and if I can't, if I, if I don't feel like I have the same faith in the moment, here's what I then do. I then begin to try and figure out the options and the ways of how God might do it, as if I'm going to try and help God do his job. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God, I want to believe you. I'm going to believe you're going to come through. God, I want to keep believing you. It's not looking the way I thought it would look, so now i got to come up with options. Here's what I'm going to say to you today. If you're taking notes, write this down. God does not need options. He just needs obedience. God doesn't need options. It's just God taking our yes in this moment and ordering our steps. He orders the steps of the righteous. How many believe that God is not a God who ever looked for, he's not looking for an option. Jesus was not an option. God did not look at the world and say, oh, what do you know? Adam and Eve ate the the fruit they shouldn't have eaten. What am I going to do now? Oh, I'll try Jesus. How many know Jesus was not an option? He was slain from the foundation of the world. He was the plan from the very beginning. He set things. Even in our dysfunction, God already had a plan to put things in order. Aren't you grateful to know that he orders the steps of the righteous? That he's ordering and putting all things together. God's not looking for options. He's just looking for obedience. That if we step out in obedience, I believe in this season for us at Faith Assembly, that God is just looking for obedience. I don't know how God's going to do it. God's going to give us resources. He's going to provide a piece of property that we're going to be able to to expand and grow. And it's not just going to be a place that benefits Faith Assembly. And the church has already shifted from that. We are not looking for what is best for Faith Assembly. We are asking and praying, God, what do you want to do among the church? to impact the county of Fayette, to see a kingdom of God advance and move. This is not about faith assembly. This is about the church of Jesus, his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. Is there anybody who's with us today to see the kingdom of God move and advance? 
He's looking for an obedient people who will be ready in the season. That he's watching and looking for people who will take the step of obedience, not trying to figure it all out, but just willing to say yes to this moment. To be willing to say yes, because I don't know about you, but there have been moments where I've started out with a dream, and the dream sure didn't line up, or the the reality didn't, didn't fully line up with the dream that I had. And there are moments you wonder, God, did I miss it? God, am I? And it's tempting. Doubt begins to come in, and doubt begins to try and chase us. Now, instead of pursuing and running after the heart and the purpose of God, now we're just trying to run away from doubt. Now we're just trying to run away from what what might be hindering, what might be coming against. But God takes the everyday obedience. You get where you are today because of your willingness to say yes in the moment that God orders the steps. He orders the steps even when it doesn't look the way you thought it would look. I graduated college in in, uh, 1999, a 21-year-old looking for a place to do ministry. I knew that God had called me. I felt the call to be an evangelist, to share the gospel. God had given me a desire and a call to preach. I'm getting ready to graduate from North Central University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm graduating in May of 1999. I started reaching out to find churches that might give me a shot. Jody found at the library because they had this thing called the internet, that if you went to the library, you could get on the internet. She found this church in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, looking for a youth pastor. She said, you ought to call this church. So in early May... I called the church. I said, hey, my name is Jason. I just want to let you know I I have a resume. I'll fax it to you. The fax machine, young people. I'm not going to tell you what that is. So I faxed her, faxed my resume, and then I got a phone call. The phone call was from a very nice gentleman who was the pastor of the church. He called me and said, hey, Jason, I want to say thank you for sending your resume, but we already have a youth pastor, so I pray God blesses you. We already found somebody. And so he prayed with me over the phone. He's very kind, very gracious. And so that was May. The door closed. So I graduate now. I've got to find a place. I went to Middletown, Pennsylvania. They said, hey, we'll talk about it and let you know. Uh, we talked about it. No, we don't want you. And then I went to Newcastle, and up in Newcastle. And I, I said, uh, I give an opportunity. said, hey, we'll talk about it. We'll give you a call. Still, 23 years later, I have not heard from them yet. I have not gotten a response. I went and visited another place. It's now, I'm wanting a place to minister in May. It's now July. God, did I miss something? God, what, what is it that you want me to do? So I started turning signs at a construction site and just leading Jesus, sharing Jesus with the people I work with, and I would just stand there, and I'd turn the sign, tell people when to go, stop, go. I just, I'm working the signs. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do, and then I come home, and I got an invite to go to a church that is up north. I go visit that church. This is the first church that ever said, hey, yes, we call you. So they said, hey, we're just going to say yes. I'm, I'm turning signs. I'm, uh, the phone call is from a pastor in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, the same pastor who three months later said, hey, sorry, we have somebody. He's now calling me and says, hey, is this Jason? I said, yes. He said, hey, we had a gentleman lined up, but it didn't come out or pan the way we thought. He said, would you mind coming? Are you available? I said, well, I actually have a church that I'm waiting to give an answer to. I said, I asked them to give me a week. He said, why don't you come out this weekend? He said, why don't you come out this weekend and just see what the Lord might do? Well, that weekend I had a wedding. I did my first wedding I had ever done. It was done in seven minutes. I mean, like, I don't know. I did my first wedding I've ever done. And so after the, the wedding, we jump in our, in our Honda CRV. We drive down the mountain, and I put my hazards on because I had never driven in a place like this. I had no idea how to drive down the summit. Laugh at me. I'm, I figured it out now. But this is all new to me. Like, I'm from central PA. And so I come down the mountain, and then I get off of the Main Street exit. I pull into, into the, the Sunoco. I get out, and I 
put quarters in a payphone. Young people, they, there was a day we did not have cell phones. I put quarters into a payphone, and I called the pastor, letting him know that I'm in town. And so he gave me directions over the phone on how to get to the Mount Washington Tavern Inn, if you remember the Mount Washington Inn. And so we stayed there. It was the same weekend that JFK was not found. He was in the, the flight. He had, he had uh, uh, was not able to find. We're sitting in this hotel, a place we'd never been, and said, God, we're just saying yes. And then the next day, of course, it's a Sunday. We show up at the church. I preach that Sunday night. He then meets me on Monday morning. He says, hey, the, 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 the board unanimously decided to offer you a position. You can come. Now I've had three months of nobody giving me a shot. Now i got two of them. Oh, God. Oh, God. But you know what we just did? We said, Lord, yes. Just whatever it is. Wherever it is, whatever it is that you want to do, we said yes to coming here. We showed up. Now I'm at my first youth event. In my first youth event, I've never been a youth pastor before. Someone's given me a shot, but I knew it wasn't somebody. I knew God had ordered my steps, and God brought me here. So if God brought me here, then i got to ask God what he wants to do with me here because I'm not here for anybody but the kingdom of God. And so as a young youth pastor, I took our students, their first event, 13 of them gathered together. They had an encounter with Jesus, and I knew they had an encounter with Jesus now was time for me. I got away, and I said, God, what do you want me to do here? God, I know I'm not here for a career. This is not a job. This is a call. You ordered my steps. You brought us here. What is it you want us to do? And as a youth pastor, I'm 22 years old at this time. The Lord spoke to me. Six school districts of Fayette County. I didn't even know how many school districts there were in Fayette County, but I went and looked at it, and sure enough, if you don't t- count Yawk, which is on the line, there's, there are six school districts in Fayette County. I knew at that moment as a youth pastor, God was just ordering my steps to go after the school districts. So we began to start Bible clubs. We began to start prayer groups. We began to reach students. We began to see students. Some of them are leading on the worship team today. Some of them are on our staff. Kids that we, that we, that led to Jesus during our youth ministry. They're still here working among us and a part of this team. We just poured in to kids and God said the six school districts of Fayette County. I just kept taking a step. And then that led to a place that I got called from a, from a district level to come and lead on a district level of reaching schools with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thought, well, that's just what God is doing. I'm doing one step. Four years into that, I knew in my office one day as I was praying, I knew that God was stirring my heart, that I said, God, and I remember writing it in my journal, God, I don't want to be a theorist more than a practitioner. God, I don't want to do ministry in theory. I want to make sure I know ministry in practice because it's one thing to know theory. It's another thing to put it to practice. I said, God, I, I want to practice. I, I'm feeling this stir to go back to the local church. I said to Jody, I said, I feel like God's calling us back to the local church. She said, you know what? I feel it too. So we started praying. We have a community that we live in right next community up. That pastor, I would go there and pray every Wednesday. He told me, he said, hey, Jason, you're still welcome to come here and pray, but I just want you to know I gave, I put it all together. I was ready. I just want you to know I feel led to pass my resume to this church that just, that they have a candidate coming in. I said, Pastor, yeah. and so six months, I'm just, uh, that summer, I'm cutting my grass in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania, saying, God, I don't know what you're doing. God, you put the stirring in me. I don't know what it is. I thought that was it. I get vision and dream for that spot, that community. Our kids wouldn't have to move. Nothing would change. God, this would be the spot. I don't understand what you're doing, but God, I'm just going to take one day at a time. I'm just going to say yes in the moment. That whole summer goes by, and Jody and I both knew it's 2010. We said, we feel like 2010 is the year we're going to wrap it up, that God's going to move us into another position. Another place, we said, we're just going to wait on God. We waited on God the same day that the Steelers played the Packers in the Super Bowl. Sorry to bring that memory up. <laughs> February the 6th, 2011. Hey, let's just be happy we had moments they went to the Super Bowl, okay? We'll celebrate that. 
February the 6th, 2011, Jody and I are on our way to church. We go to church. We're, we're part of a, a church there in Harrisburg. I was leading worship that day. We get done church. We're on our way home. Now we've upgraded from having quarters in a payphone that we now have a cell phone. So we've upgraded. My cell phone rings, and the cell phone that afternoon on the way home from church says, Hey, Pastor Jason, uh, this is uh, the board at Faith Assembly. The pastor, Pastor Steve, just resigned today, and we felt led to call you and see if you might be interested in coming back to Faith Assembly to be the pastor. In that moment, it's, God, I don't know what you're doing. I just know I'm going to say yes to this obedient. This time I come back and I say, God, you didn't just bring me here because this is not climbing a ladder. This is, God, what do you want? What is your kingdom wanting to do? What did you do in me? Where did you take me? What are you doing? What is it for this moment and this time? And the Lord reminded me, six school districts of Fayette County. Then it was about the schools. This time it was about Fayette County. I did not realize, but what God was doing when I was a 21-year-old who said, yes, I'll come. He was birthing in me a passion to see a revival and to see a move of God in Fayette County. This is it. We didn't read a book and get here. We didn't get an idea. Oh, you know, I heard something happen. What if we could do that in Fayette County? No, we just said yes to the steps, to the direction, to the order, and you got here because you just said yes to Jesus. And guess what? For such a time as this, he has brought us to this moment, to this time that his kingdom might advance. We have this opportunity to take a step of obedience. Is there anyone in the house willing to say, God, I'm just going to walk in obedience. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how it, and I know sometimes there are people who expect, well, you got to have it all figured. I don't have it all figured out. I just know how to walk one day at a time. I just know this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in him, and I'm just going to keep walking in the direction because I believe God ultimately wants to raise up the church, not just faith assembly. He wants to raise up the church in Fayette County to rival the welfare system. To see a church that knows how to be generous in their giving, not to give handouts, but to have the power and the authority of Jesus Christ to see broken lives restored, to see freedom come to captives, to see the hope of Jesus Christ. How did we get here? We just took steps of obedience. I mean, they're the little things of just honoring God in every moment, and doubt will come in sometimes. God, did you really say it? God, did you really? God, I don't know what you're doing. God, we, we have some people that, that uh, on, a, on the staff, they're transitioning. God, I don't know what you're doing, but I just know that God orders our steps. How many are thankful that God is not looking for options? He's just looking for obedience. And if you walk in obedience, he will order your steps. Because it was just a conversation at Chick-fil-A in Morgantown. I mean, I just saw a guy who had an FCA shirt on. He had an FCA shirt on, and so because he had an FCA shirt, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I just had a conversation. I said, man, I love FCA. I was a part of a campus ministry. My wife was discipled in a campus ministry. I said, man, I really love FCA. What do you do there? Well, I just came here, and uh, the director serving in that role, man, that's so good. Welcome. Glad you're here. We just had a conversation. I'm waiting for a milkshake. He's waiting for a chicken sandwich. We're just talking about what's happening. So where do you guys go to church, man? We have, oh, man, you're welcome to come. I don't know all the details. Uh, welcome to come. We exchanged phone numbers. They visited, I guess it was about three years ago, all because of conversation. How do you get someone like that to, I didn't do it. Orders our steps. We live in a place in obedience today because there are times heart and passion of God. And now doubt has caused me to run and serve myself. Rather than doing and giving, I'm now just showing tattered, trying to figure out how. No, I just hear the voice of God and do what God is saying. I just take one day. All I know is today, what the grace of God, you see this thread. From back there, 
I thought it would just be a straight line. He allowed me at times to go to the wilderness because he knew I had to get ready to walk. Not because he was punishing me, but he was preparing me. But he's allowed me to take a journey. He said, in. But I said, no, I'm going to walk in the direction of something you eliminate. Doubt is something. I want you to know today, the, the goal is not to get rid of doubt. It's of resistance. How many have ever recognized that God is calling you to do something, but you felt, a, uh, I don't know about that. Anybody ever been there? That is the introduction of doubt. You, you begin to doubt. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if that'll work. I don't know. Uh, Pastor Tim talks about the 110% Sunday, which I, let's test God in this because you imagine what would happen if our budget increased by 249%. Somebody, oh, he's back to money again. No, I'm not back to money. I'm, I'm about God make us ready for whenever it's time. And we're going to step in without any cons- we're just ready to move into what you- you've prepared us for this moment. But there is this, the moment God says to do something, to give 10%, to honor God, what, there's that, uh, I don't know. Wave your hand if you've ever been in that moment that you felt impressed by God to do something and you had that, uh, I don't know. Anybody, where are the people, uh, I don't know. That is the resistance. There, there's a resistance. Your resistance is not sin. Your resistance is humanity. Doubt is not what causes you to, or doubt is not sin. Doubt is what, how you handle it will open the door to sin. It's not sin because you resist. It's sin because you reject. Resistance over time becomes rejection. And the moment you reject is the moment that you step into sin. But when I feel that resistance, because uh, some of us are like, well, if it's God, it would just be easy. Who told you that? I mean, seriously, who told you that? That was a fool. If it's God, it'll just be no problem. It'll just it'll all just makes no. It's God because there's this resistance in me at times, but I'm just going to take a step of obedience. I'm going to walk in the in the God. I don't I don't have all the answers. I don't know what I don't have it all. But I know God will show Himself faithful, and we walk in obedience. And as we walk in obedience, it allows us to come in those moments of resistance. And if you sense that resistance, that is an invitation for your your faith to go deeper. That resistance is an invitation for your faith to go deeper. And in that moment, you now have the decision to reject like they did in Judah. He said, I wanted to give you quietness and confidence would be your strength, but you would not have it. That we would would be at a, a place of allowing ourselves to rather than reject that we would remain we would remain. It's like the disciples. Whenever the, Jesus said to the disciples, Jesus began to preach and told them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot be my disciples. And there were people in the room who were like, that's over the top. I'm out of here. And so they, many fell away. They left Jesus. They, they left in that they didn't understand his teaching. He says to his disciples, aren't you going to leave also? And Peter says, where else are we going to go? There's that ability to remain. God, I don't understand what you're doing. It doesn't all make sense. Doubt has a way. There, I'm resisting this a little bit. This doesn't, this isn't so full and clear. I don't understand it. But my options are to reject it or to remain. And I'm going to remain because here's the power of remaining. If you remain in me, that we come to that place, doubt that would try to set in. One try to keep us at a place where we live in the land of I wonder if. I wonder if I wonder if God would have. I wonder if I would have trusted. I wonder if I would have if I would have surrendered. I should pray. 
Jesus said that we are to watch and pray. And as we watch and pray, what, what I want to encourage you is the mindset of a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ is some, if you need wisdom, somebody raise your hand. There's doubt. There's places. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Notice that ex exclusivity. A person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from thing they do. What does it look like to go beyond all doubt by the doubt that comes against us? The response is this. The difference to doubt is prayer. You might say, well, you just got to have more faith. Well, uh, how many know you can have faith and still doubt? Doubt, but here's the significance. He remained your whole label, you know, for help, and he didn't, he's unfaithful Tom. That one event, that, I don't know. But he remained in that place. Prayer is a mindset. The about ceasing, that doesn't mean pray all day long. It means to have a mindset or an attitude of prayer. A fully the mindset of a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ is someone who has the mindset of prayer. Someone who prays without ceasing. That your mind is constantly in a place of watching and praying. Watching, God, I'm taking a step today. I don't know how you're doing, but I'm, I'm watching. I'm, 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 I'm stepping in obedience, and I'm waiting for you and allowing you to do the work. Let me talk about prayer and uh, what it does. It puts us in the mindset. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. The, the one who seeks will find. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Ask, seek, and knock. This is the pattern of a mindset that we live in this place of asking, seeking, and knocking. Let me give you the perspective. Here's what prayer does when you have a mind of prayer, when you are a person of prayer. Yes, in the action of prayer, set aside time, praying in that time, but keeping a mind of prayer, that praying without ceasing, you have a mindset of prayer. Here's number one. Prayer allows us to recognize who God is. You don't ask anyone for help unless you know they can answer. The moment you ask someone for help, you're acknowledging that they have the ability to help you. I was at Walmart on a Friday. I don't know why. I was feeling brave, I guess. I'm not sure. But I went to Walmart on a Friday, and I uh, got to a, a place that I'm like, okay, I need help because I'm looking for marshmallows. Friends are coming over. We have a campfire, and so we need marshmallows, right? It's, you just got to have it. So I said to somebody, they, they had a tag. I said, where are, uh, where are the marshmallows? He said, oh, man, I'm sorry. I don't work here. Well, then I looked a little closer, and his tag said something about social services. So I'm like, oh, that's not the guy I need to talk to. So I found somebody who had a tag here that said Walmart. And I looked for someone and I was asking, I didn't just ask a random person. I mean, how many know if you're looking for something in the store, you're not like, hey, hey, where's it? Hey, where, where's the marshmallows? Where's, where's the marshmallows? How many know that's a crazy person, right? Like just walking, where are the marshmallows? Oh my goodness sakes, get this guy out of here. But he, if you know who to ask, I found the person and I asked him because I knew he had the ability to help. Do you know every time you ask of God, you're acknowledging who he is? If you lack wisdom, James says, let him ask of God who gives generously. When I ask, God, you're generous. When you ask, you're acknowledging God. Jesus taught us to pray this way. You, when you pray, say this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You acknowledge who he is. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6 says acknowledge in all the way, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You won't move in confusion or chaos. You'll walk in the path that is straight. Yes, I know it doesn't make sense, but when you ask of God, you're acknowledging who he is that we acknowledge that that the acknowledgement of what he's able to provide when we pray we acknowledge. Number 2, when we pray it allows us to strategize with God. 
He find it. God is not that moment that's in your life. How many believe that? How they got to this place. It says, for without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt to help or for help. You have put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. You have tried to hide in his shade. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't consult with me. You didn't come to me. You didn't ask me. And he says, instead, you went to someone else. How many know God wants to give you ideas and plans? I believe that today. I, I believe this. The most creative people in Fayette County ought to be people who are filled with the power of Jesus Christ and know the presence of God. The same God who spoke the earth into existence wants to speak ideas and creativity. I, I was praying this week, God, give us creativity. Make us a church of, creati of creativity that we would do things that are different. Not different to get attention, but different to be effective. God, make us effective. Give us creativity. When I look at the word creativity, to create means to have imagination connected to the original plan. When you create something, you have an imagination connected to the original plan. How many know the original plan or the originator, the creator, is God? When I'm asking him for wisdom, I'm saying, God, give me your creativity the way you imagine this, the way you see this. Give me your strategy. Give me your plans. It's not my plan. It's not my vision. It's not someone. God, give me your plan because I know you're sovereign. I know you're on the throne. I know this didn't take you by surprise, so you know how to work in this situation. So God, give me strategy. Here's the last thing. When I pray, it gives me the ability, it allows me to stabilize my steps. Notice he said that we ask, seek, and knock. We knock. We, we get to a place that there are times that, that chaos or, or doubt and disappointment will come. And how many have moments when you're trusting God, but you begin to stumble a little bit? How many know what I'm talking about? Your faith begins to waver. That's called doubt. You begin to stumble. You see, it's one thing to stumble, and it's okay to stumble. Failure is not stumbling. Failure is when you stumble and fall and remain away from the door. How many know that if you're in an attitude of prayer, you're asking, you're seeking, and you're knocking, and the only way you can knock is if you're close enough to the door. Here's the power of that. So when I have moments that I begin to stumble, I can catch myself because I'm in proximity to the door. I can hold on to the door. If I'm close, if my mind is set to prayer, then no matter what I'm walking through, the door is always right there. The door is always there to catch me. It's always there to stabilize me, to have me. My wife has this condition. I don't know if there's a remedy. I don't know if she can be healed of it. But she has this issue that she laughs at people when they fall. Anybody else suffer from that condition? Like somebody falls and they like lose it. Like it's just, and so, you know, after she composes herself, she's like, are you okay? But I mean, she just laughs when someone falls. It happened to her. No one was there. None of our family were there to see it. She reported to us. There were other people there to see it, but none of us. This was a number of years ago. The kids were in school. She goes to the store. She's going to shop and save to get some stuff at the store. And she's walking at an angle to get into the door. And as she does, she trips over the curb. And when she trips over the curb, she does this ugly, awkward falling, trying to catch herself. She said it felt like miles. She said, if I can just get to the door, it'll stop me. It'll catch me. She didn't make it. She fell flat on her face in front of the door. And as the door opened, people stood there watching her just lay on the floor. She said, it was embarrassing. It was difficult. She said, I just was hoping to get close to the door. And if you stay close to the door, if he's the way and you have an attitude of prayer, how many know the only way you can knock is because you're, you're in arm's reach of the door? Come on, am I talking to anybody today? And the moment you have moments like, God, I don't know. God, what's happening? You're right at the door. 
and the one who is able to hold you, to keep you, to sustain you. God, I don't make sense of this. My mother-in-law went to be with Jesus, already shared that. God, I don't understand. You're the healer. We get a report in May. She passes in March. She passes in May. God, I don't understand. There's a stump, but I'm going to hold on to the door. I've got the door in front of me. And the one who knows all things, God, you're not failure. You're not a God who has left me. You're the God that I can trust. And my mind of prayer causes me that when doubt tries to come in, I can stand with the confidence of, no, I know in whom I believe. I will hold to the door. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one comes unto the Father except through him. And because he's the door, I'm going to stay close enough to keep knocking. And if I'm in arm's reach... When doubt tries to come in, I can steady myself because I'm holding on to the door. Would you stand with me? I don't know what doubt tries to do in your life. There's not a person in this room who has never walked in a place of doubt. There's not one person. The enemy tries to come in and cause doubt. And now instead of running with pursuit in the purpose of God, we're just trying to get away from doubt. God doesn't need options. He just needs obedience. And how many would say today, I'm gonna, I want to walk and live beyond all doubt. Come on, anybody today. God, I want the grace to keep moving. When doubt tries to rise, rise up, I want, I want the grace to keep moving. God, that we would move beyond all doubt. They're going to lead us in this song. And as we're singing this in just this moment, would you just begin to acknowledge God in your life? Would you just begin to acknowledge him just in, in the place that you're in right now? God, I acknowledge you. If you need healing.